history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner State of Mind. This is your new home for everything OU football, so make sure you subscribe to Sooner State of Mind on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also go to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to Shows, type in Sooner State of Mind, and you're locked. It is just that easy. So much great content at Believe. It's not just the Sooners. It's every team, every topic, everywhere. That is Believe.com. And if you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the Football Dudes, and it is right there for you. Week two, people. Wow, right? College football doing its thing. College football was out there wild in so many great games. So many fantastic finishes, completely stoked for the day that was college football. But nothing stokes me out more than an OU win. And the Sooners were able to get that yesterday. They beat SMU 28-11. to It was not pretty. It was not easy. But at the end of the day, the Sooners get that dub and they're moving on to 2-0. and And that is all that matters. Defense was great in this game, really on both sides of the ball, but especially these Sooners. But there was just not a lot to be had out there. But defense gets a stop. Special teams blocks a punt. Last week, Gavin Freeman with the punt return for a touchdown. This week, a blocked punt set up the Sooners with great field position. And instantly, Dylan Gabriel to Andrew Anthony, touchdown. Good defense. Good special teams, good offense. Gave OU its first lead of the day at 7 nothing. Have to say, though, I was impressed with SMU, especially Preston Stone. Overall on the day, 26 of 45, 250, one TD, and an interception. He was harassed, didn't have a great run game to lean on, had to extend the play a lot, and made some really good throws with uh, linemen bearing down on him. They got some drives going, but that's when the Sooners played their best defense inside the red zone. An SMU drive, Billy Bowman back-to-back, almost interceptions, makes a great play on third down. Keep them ponies out of the end zone. Sooners go up 7-3. to Early on in this game, it felt like a lot of confusion between DG and the receivers that weren't named Andrew Anthony. Frustration on offense, the run game, real hit or miss, the receivers and Dylan not synced up. OU has to punt again. SMU gets the ball. They can't get anything going, but they did pin the Sooners inside the five-yard line, and this was maybe OU's best drive of the day in the second quarter there. They take over, like I said, inside the five. OU's run game still does not have a flow to it. It's really hit or miss a work in progress, if you will. 
but in it but when it is working Tawi Walker is the man baby this guy is running physical he's hitting cats he had a big run to get this drive going 30 yards to the outside OU's biggest run of the season Jaleel Farouk they lined him up on kick return on special teams to open the game, had a nice return, get his hands on the ball. And I think that got him in the right mindset. He had a nice catch in traffic in this game. Oh, you that breakneck pace, man. I love when Levy busts it out, but you got to have the run going to keep that pace up. And on this drive, it was working, it was working so well. It set up the play action. Blake Smith, the big tight end touchdown sooner. It's 14 plays, 94 yards, just what the doctor ordered. OU up 14-3. Ensuing possession, SMU facing a fourth and one deep in their own territory. They go for it, man, leaving it all out on the field. Gigante, huevos. Blown coverage. They pick up a first. They are moving the ball. Jaron Kanick making a play. That was a theme of the day, too. This guy each week is evolving, becoming a bigger part of the defense. And I think by the end of the season, we're going to see some pretty special play out of Canick there. Um, SMU, pretty stout on defense as well. They really mucked up that run game. It showed in uh, spurts, but it, they couldn't get it going throughout the game. Tibbs has those guys doing some great work up front on defense and it was able to really frustrate the Sooners offense early. We had one punt last week and there was like three or four punts early in this game. SMU finishing the second quarter. They're driving. They do a field goal attempt. It is no good. Sooners go into halftime up 14 to three. Stutzman, he's been amazing this season so far, and he was great yesterday. What did he end with? 17 total tackles, five solo, a sack, two and a half TFLs. He did so much work in this game. And the Sooners on offense tried to get it going, couldn't get the run going. So what do they do? They get Walker involved in the pass game. A lot of stuff around the line of scrimmage. And that was suitable for a run substitute. A big part of trying to get that thing going in the second half. But all of a sudden, third quarter is over. We're still sitting at 14-3. It looked like early the Sooners might pull away. But they were never, never able to. SMU just staying in this thing. And what was most frustrating for me yesterday was so many short run plays that they weren't able to convert several times, third and three, fourth and one, third and two. Sooners could not convert. And with the way that SMU was moving the ball, Sooners only two possessions in the third quarter. So we move into the fourth, sitting at 14 to three. And this is where you're starting to feel not so good about things. Could it happen again? We saw it a lot last year. SMU with the fourth and two. 
get them off the field right here, and it's no problem, Bob. You're going to be smiling. On the drive, two pass interference penalties on the Sooners, a sideline infraction. That's 45 <laughs> penalty yards. Way too many penalties in this game for the Sooners. And all of a sudden, SMU has a first and goal. Do they capitalize? Yeah, unfortunately, they do. They go for two. It's good. And now OU's lead is down to three. It's 14-11. We're sweating right here. Sooners have to respond. They have to respond, which they do. Marcus Major was getting involved in the pass game and the run game as well. He's got a touchdown. Oh, called off the board. Ineligible lineman downfield. So many mistakes in this game. A lot of penalties. Way too many penalties. Pulls a touchdown off the board. Stoops with a huge catch on third down. Converts to a first down. OU sitting on the 16-yard line trying to put this thing in. False start. Back it up a little bit. Feels like this is what's happening again. We saw it last year. Playing well enough, leading the game, mistakes start compounding, and you watch the lead dwindle, but that was not the case yesterday. Jaleel Farouk with a catch and a sweet juke. Touchdown Sooners. They're up 21-11, and I mentioned Jaleel Farouk. They had him on kick return to start the game, got the ball in his hand, and I think that got him into the right mindset, get him involved, had a couple tough catches in traffic and he got the touchdown to extend that lead and really give OU some breathing room starting to see a lot of these players flash on the defensive side of the ball names we've heard all summer long are really starting to show up Kobe McKenzie had a great tackle in this game late Connie Walker a great defensive play on third down SMU going for it on fourth down. That was not a problem for them. It didn't matter where on the field they were. They were going for it when they wanted to. Peyton Bowen with a great pass breakup. OU takes over in SMU territory. Dylan Gabriel, Marcus Major, Major tiptoes down the sideline, gets into the end zone, touchdown. Dylan Gabriel's fourth TD of the day. And what I liked most about that, the the Marcus Major touchdown, was Anthony and Stoops blocking down by the goal line. These receivers, they like to block. They do it well. And it just fires up the whole team. It's what helped get Major into the end zone. And the Sooners go up 28-11. This one goes 2-11. One, two, three. Eight different receivers saw catches. The run game, besides Walker's 117, not a lot there. But overall, 47 rushes on the day, 189 yards. They needed that to be a little bit over 200 because, like I said earlier, so much frustration in the short run game. You know, when this game was slipping away, the Sooners found a way to respond last year. I think this game gets away from them. This year, they respond the right way. Kip Lewis, another guy we've been hearing about, made a great tackle on third and short. Individual plays all over this thing. And it felt like something is happening here and the Sooners are tying it together. Even though too many penalties 
Although I see the refs let a couple holding calls go for SMU. OU made the plays when they had to. And at the end, Harrington gets the INT to end the game. Lots of good stuff to work with. Bottom line, defense got it done when they had to and helped Greg cover that 16 and a half. If you bet the points, you were squirming. Midway through the fourth quarter, it didn't look like there was any way to cover, but the Sooners found a way to not only cover for you, but to get it done in the game. Um, Dylan Gabriel, I thought, was really good in this game with limited opportunities, without a run game to lean on. He had four touchdowns, very efficient with the ball. Early on, it was rough, some communication issues, but as the game got on, he got points when they needed to. Said the Sooners found ways to make this happen. Hard-fought win, way tougher than the people expected, way tougher than I expected, but that's a, a good challenge, especially early on. You respond the right way, and you get the win, and it helps build that team. They dug deep, and they found a way to make plays, and um, you know, I'm completely stoked. Like I said, this game definitely stirred up that PTSD from last year, but they found a way, you know. We did watch some huge mistakes and watched the lead go away. But we also watched a win happen. Thought that it was going to slide away. Not today, Satan. Not today. And then after the game, it was cool to see the love for former Sooner Corey Robertson. All the team out there showing Corey some love. Pats on the head. Um, still a brotherhood out there. And the Sooners get that big dub. Moving on, got Tulsa next week, and you know that we will preview that game in the next episode, as well as some of the other great college football games coming up in week three. I mentioned week two was wild and out there, people. Some great football. And the marquee game of the weekend was Texas at Bama. Unfortunately, someone had to win this game. And it was Texas. They went 34-24. I don't think Bama could have played a worse first half. So many penalties and blown coverages in this game. And uh, despite all that, they were right there. And they actually fought back and got this thing close. Um, so many PI calls. Number three, I don't know what was going on in the secondary for Bama, but mistake after mistake. And every time Bama would get close, Texas would find a way to get that lead back up to double digits. Um, Jalen Milroe, some really good for Bama, also some really bad. He'd dazzle you with a great throw and then baffle you with an interception, a couple very costly interceptions. And that was the difference. And Quinn Ewers, we would have beat Bama with Ewers. Well, he did beat Bama with yours, and he had a great game. He put himself right in the Heisman contention. Um, just a huge victory for the Texas program. It's been a while since they've gotten a big road win over a top 10 team. And they went into Bama and handled their business. You know, I guess if there's anything to take out of this game, a consolation prize for Texas winning, if you will, is that Bama did lose and all those Bama fans had to go home sad. I know it's a little petty, but I got to find the joy where I can. 
also Jatavion Sanders, the tight end for Texas. This guy is a beast. He had five for 111. Sooners are going to have their hands full with those guys, but hopefully the Sooners in Texas go into the the big game in October. Both undefeated. Wouldn't that be sweet? Ooh, baby. Let's hope we handle our business. Texas, they looked good. Got to give it to them. Well done. Horns, whatever. Oregon at Texas Tech. This was a great game, too. Oregon wins this one 38-30. Back and forth, like five or six lead changes. Tech, up by two, goes for a fourth down inside their own 30. And they get stuffed. A little bit of a head-scratcher there. I guess the coach was on the pulse, feel like that's what he needed to do. And then Bo Nix, just like the one-winged duck, threw a pick. The refs are saying, no, baby, no, baby, as in no interception. The refs overturn it. Oregon kicks a field goal. They go up by one. Tech, ensuing drive, pretty damn good. But they can't get the touchdown. They kick a field goal. They retake the lead. Tech, 30-28. to 28. Oregon comes back. Touchdown? Nope. What do you guess? Field goal? Yep. 31 to 30. They get the lead. Just over a minute left. Tech's going to have one more opportunity. But that Dan Lanning defense comes through. Interception. Pick six. Instead of going down, DB takes it into his own touchdown. 38 to 30. Gives Tech one more opportunity. They're driving, but an interception. Seals the deal there, and Oregon gets the huge victory. Keeps all their hopes and dreams alive. And Tech almost bounced back from an embarrassing loss the week before, but not enough to get it done. Don't look now, baby, but what about these Cougs, Washington State? (laughs) One of two teams left in the Pac-12. Wisconsin comes to town, and the Cougs get this win, 31-22. Wisconsin trying to mount a comeback. But a questionable fumble, I thought the guy was down. But nonetheless, it was the third turnover of the day. Washington State took over with a two-point lead and eventually pulled away 31-22. to Ooh, this was a good game. Texas A&M at Miami. And those Canes win 48-33. What's going on, Jimbo? The Aggies jumped out to a 10-point lead in the first quarter. But they count the score at the end of the game. Tyler Van Dyke threw five touchdowns. Jimbo said, we made plays in all three phases, but we gave plays up in all three phases. And the Canes handle it. Cristobal's Canes outscore A&M in the fourth quarter, 17-7. You know what Cristobal would say? Well, you know what Sonny and Cher would say? That's on you, babe. That's a bad no-ho, Hank, but any chance I get to get a crystal ball Barry reference in there, I'm going to take it, okay? It's no big deal. App State at UNC. Carolina wins in double overtime after a double missed field goal to try to win in regulation, and something good just happens when these teams duke it out. North Carolina's Omarion Hampton, 26 rushes, 234 yards, Three 
touchdowns. You better win the damn game when your team rushes for over 300 yards, 319 on the day. Is there any games that we haven't talked about? Any teams that are struggling to get on the national stage or struggling to get any hype? Hmm. Mm. I remember the Colorado Buffaloes. Buffalo hype meter redlining after their 36-14 win over Nebraska. Matt Rule took his team out to the Buffs logo at midfield before the game, and Shadur Sanders took that personal. <laughs> Maybe should have not done that, Matt Rule. Sanders throwing for 392 and two touchdowns, man. Back-to-back weeks, almost a little over 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Can the hype get any bigger for this Colorado team? Well, if they beat Colorado State next week, it is going to blow through the stratosphere, setting up a huge game with Oregon. And Dion's definitely turned this squad around, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I see them battle Oregon. And you know I'll be rooting for them against SC. It's a great story. And I'm not saying they can't do it, but I need to see it, boy. What would happen? Oh, they better beat Colorado State to set up that Oregon game. Man, something to look forward to. There's going to be a bunch of great games in October. We're going to find out if these buffs are for real. We're going to find out if our Sooners are for real. I hope they are. I'm believing in them. Great defense. Enough offense today to get it done. And that SMU team, I think they're going to do pretty well this year. They were much grimier than I thought. Very tough. Well-fought battle. Great test for these Sooners. And so far they passed. Sooners 2-0. That is pretty sweet. Thank you for being part of Sooner State of Mind. Make sure you come back next week as we will preview the Oklahoma-Tulsa game, our third non-conference game, before we get into the thick of the schedule. you have any thoughts you want to share with us, hit us up at ssomhost at gmail.com. Sooner State of Mind host. Thoughts, what would you like about the game? Did anything freak you out? Were you suffering from PTSD uh, in that second half of the game until the Sooners pulled away? I know I was. But that's what we do, Sooner Nation. We come together. We're there for each other. We're building this collective consciousness, propelling these Sooners to great heights. Make sure you like and subscribe to Sooner State of Mind on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate you hanging out. My name is Casey Mallon, and I am in a Sooner State of Mind. We will see you next time. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.